This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. After we put a ribbon on the regular season, except for this evening's primetime game, which now that Seattle has won in overtime, missed a kick and then made the kick in overtime after a great interception by Diggs um, on a ball where it looked like Mayfield had Jefferson for a touchdown, but he underthrew it enough to let Diggs get back there and get it and make a great interception. We're on the Bet Rivers Network, as always, and for all your wagering needs, is Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. Play Sugar House in Connecticut. So whatever you need, just go to their uh, app, uh, and you'll find everything you need for all your needs there. And the program, of course, always on the Bet Rivers Network and wherever you can find your podcast. All right. Um, now, here's tonight's game. If... Detroit wins, Seattle gets the last slot and will go play San Francisco. If not, Green Bay with a win will go play San Francisco. So the playoffs are set. We'll talk about today's games, but first let me give you the matchups. I don't have who's playing what day yet. Remember, this is going to be a big wild card weekend with six games, two buys, six games. In the AFC, the Chiefs, are the number one seed, they have the bye. Remember the one thing that came out of the cancellation of the Buffalo-Cincinnati game. If Kansas City and Buffalo meet in the AFC title game, it will not be played in Kansas City. It will be played on a neutral field. We don't know which one yet. They wanted Indianapolis, but the Colts said no. So we're waiting. I'm sure it'll be a dome somewhere, so the weather's very good. We don't know where it'll be played yet. So Chiefs get the bye. Here are the matchups. Miami, we don't know who their quarterback will be. I don't think it will be Tour. I do think it will be Bridgewater, if I had a guess. Um, Miami at Buffalo. Buffalo has been installed as a 10.5-point favorite. Baltimore and Cincinnati meet again. Cincinnati is a 5.5-point favorite. And the Chargers are favored at Jacksonville. And Jacksonville showed their youth last night, showed their inexperience last night. Uh, Lawrence did not play very well last night. He missed a wide-open touchdown. He made a couple of big mistakes. But they got the big turnover and won the game, and now they will be a a two-and-a-half-point underdog. So the Chargers will be favored in the 4-5 matchup Both fives are favored against the fours who did not have big records this year. So that means that Jacksonville will be a two and a half point underdog, despite how well they've played down the stretch in terms of winning five straight games. Now moving to the NFC. Bye for the Eagles. 
they played Hurts today, but he did not look like himself. Plus, they handcuffed him the whole day. He wasn't allowed to run. They didn't let him extend the plays. They didn't let him throw the ball deep in the second half. They Really, they basically put him out there and let him halfway it. And I'm sure that frustrated some Eagle backers, but they got what they wanted, which was the one seed and the bye. Um, see, but the Eagles did not close the season playing well, which they will carry into that first playoff game. There's no way for them to get that out of their head. They have not played a good game in a month. Seattle and Green Bay, the winner of that matchup, Lions win, Seattle's in, Green Bay wins, they're in. At San Francisco, I don't have a line on that game yet because we don't have a matchup. I'm figuring it's going to be somewhere around 10, 11 points. Uh, If it's Seattle, if it's Green Bay, it'll be less because of Rodgers. It'll be somewhere around seven and a half, eight points, I would think. Something like that. Um, I do have lines on the other two games, Giants and Minnesota in the 3-6 matchup. The Vikings are a three, that's it, three-point favorite against the Giants. And then Dallas and Tampa, and once again, the five will be favored over the four. Tom Brady will be at home in a playoff game, and he will be a home dog getting three points. Dallas at Tampa, the Cowboys favored by three. Those are the early lines. So, Three and three in the NFC, two and a half, five and a half, and two and a half, five and a half, and ten and a half in the AFC. Now, first the Jets today. Hey, they finished the season in just absolutely awful fashion. Let's be honest. They had no offense except for one game after Hall got hurt. Hall still finished as the leading rusher, and he didn't play after late October. And he still was their leading rusher, and he will be a dynamic player when he restores his health. Um, You have to like what you saw from the Jet defense. They played really well. But they had no offense. And... Actually, that game probably wouldn't have been decided in regulation time and unless if it wasn't for that 15-yard penalty on the unnecessary roughness. And that was a borderline call. It really was. But it made a big difference, and it gave them a field goal they could make. And, of course, we get the last throw it around the field again, and that play covered the point spread because the Jets were a universal three-and-a-half. And all they had to do was throw an incompletion in the last five seconds. Instead, they threw the throw around the, you know, throw the ball all over the place game, and it wound up with a safety, and it wound up giving the Dolphins a unbelievable cover. And I'm sure a lot of people were very happy, and I thought a lot of people were very unhappy with that outcome on that crazy play again at the end of the game. That play is costing people money right and left on games. Now you got another thing to think about late in the game is that having that happen and having the other team coming up with a big play. So it's happened a couple of times, obviously happened with the Pats. It happened again, again today with the uh, jets and the dolphins, but the jet offense, as they go into this off season, I don't think Salah's going anywhere. I don't think he should go anywhere. I think he deserves another chance, but, 
if he can't coach the quarterback and he can't have any confidence in his offensive play callers, get new ones. And I'll tell you something else. They do not have a quarterback on their roster they can win with. And they need to get one. This team right now has a defense that is playoff, high playoff worthy. They have offensive players in guys like Wilson and Hall, and they're building an offensive line, and they have some contributors in other spots. They have to find a quarterback who can at least not kill them and hopefully can lift them a little bit. And that's what the offseason is about, refurbishing and replenishing and strengthening the offensive line and finding a veteran quarterback who can lead them and win with them. And if they need to have changes on the offensive staff, make them. That's all there is to it. As for the Giants, they went the route of setting everybody today. That's their prerogative. We'll see next week if it works or not. Clearly, the Giants are capable of beating this Minnesota team, which is very up and down. Yes, Jefferson's going to be a pain in the neck. He is a great receiver. And he is going to be very hard to handle in a big game. Very hard. But let's be honest, even today, Martindale's blitzing and Martindale's defense kept the Eagles, who was spent the entire game in the red zone, and kept them out of the end zone all day. And then Webb finally made a couple of plays in the second half. I understand the Eagles got up 19-0 and they called off the dogs a little bit. Fine. I understand that. But still, the Eagles wanted to score. They wanted to score a bunch of times, and they couldn't score against the defense. Forget what the offense did today. The Eagles couldn't score against that defense when they wanted to. I understand they weren't. They handcuffed the quarterback. He wasn't allowed to give you his bag of tricks, which is, is plentiful, especially in the red zone with his running ability. That was out of the question today. He was not allowed to go outside and run. And he was not allowed to take it up the middle and run. He went once on third and one. He went up the middle for a sneak once. He was not allowed to run. He was not allowed to take punishment. And he was told to throw the ball away all the time. He was not allowed to initiate contact at any point in the game. And we saw that, okay? And that makes things very different, and he'll be very different in two weeks. You could see how frustrated he was on the bench. But I understand them doing that. They don't want him to get badly hurt. So you can understand that. And they got what they wanted today, although they left the field, I think, very frustrated. And the Giants left the field very energized because the Giant backups played really well. And then, of course, the question all week will be, do you play Galladay now because he made a play? I personally don't need to see him just because he brought a ball down in the end zone. It really was not going to impact anything in the long run. Okay, the fact that he brought that ball down does not give him a new lease on life in my mind. Maybe it does in your mind. And I'll tell you something else. Who the heck does Jihad Ward think he is? You're going to, on two occasions, sitting next to Galladay for a good part of the nation, give the nation the French salute twice? You're going to give him the finger twice? 
you're going to, on a couple of different occasions, say, we understand the message. Galladay is supposed to tell everybody, you know, to go blank off. But what is he doing? These, I mean, the Giants have to be mortified. This guy is giving, and I don't know anything about what. I don't know anything about him. As far as what kind of person he is, what kind of guy he is, never met him. But you know what? I would have a little bit of a chat with him, and he's going to have an expensive fine if I'm the head coach and the owner of the team when he decides to do that on national television in the fourth quarter of a game. Because all he did was embarrass the entire organization. There's no room for that nonsense. I mean, what was, I understand what the message was, but keep it to yourself. I mean, that's just out of line. It's really out of line. But put that nonsense aside, that stupid, utter stupidity that should be fined. Add, add add, let's put it out of the way for a second and realize that the Giants, especially defensively, just were like gnats today. They bothered the heck out of the Eagles. The Eagles went down there to celebrate. They wanted to have a celebration at the Giants' expense today, put up five or six touchdowns and have some fun hang a 45 on them, and get ready for the playoffs. They didn't get that today. They got nothing. They, they, didn't, they didn't come away playing well. They were, they were frustrated. The Giants frustrated them. That's what they did. And they did some good things defensively. I mean, there were so many times it looked like they were going to score and they couldn't get the ball in the end zone. Now, I understand he couldn't run. I do understand that's a big factor in their offense. He did not want him running around. And he did not want him taking too many hits. He got he got hit. They they got him once with a pass interference. I mean with a rough in the passer. And it was a late hit. But he didn't get hurt on that play anyway. So the Giants come out of this. They luckily do not get San Francisco, who nobody wanted any part of. They got the easier task. Not that Minnesota's gonna be easy. They're not gonna be easy. That passing attack, that offense. Now, Cook has had a bad year. But he could be a real issue in the game next week, and Jefferson is going to be a major issue in the game. He is a lethal receiver, and when the game is on the line, he is just virtually unstoppable in these games. But the Giants are alive Team by the by the line. I mean, just look at the three point underdogs in a playoff game. If I told you the Giants are not only going to the playoffs this year, they're going on the road as a three point underdog. I mean, three point underdogs. They're giving them a very good chance. They're basically saying the two teams are even. We're giving you three points for the home field, or two and a half. Now, elsewhere today, there wasn't anything that noteworthy that you're going to take out of these games. Cincinnati opened the lead, didn't do much in the second half, only put up three points in the second half themselves. And 
you know, if you bet him earlier in the week, you won. If you bet him today, you lost because the line went from nine to 11 and a half. So depending on where you bet them, they won by 11. Uh, they had a big lead, but then they just, you know, they only scored three points in the second half. Ravens said their defense played well. That's fine. But the Cincinnati wasn't giving you everything, especially when they realized they were going to play him again. Charges today, when I came down, there was still a couple of seconds left in that game. But, you know, hey, it didn't really matter what happened in that game anyway. You know, it really it, it, it meant nothing. They're going to be their game against Jacksonville should be a very interesting game. You know, they wind up losing that game by three, but it's a that game's going to be an interesting game. The Niners romped again. They are right now as good as any team in the NFC, if not the I would say right now they're the best team in the NFC. Dallas, that's the one thing today. I understand the Cowboys weren't going to get a lot of help today, but that was a putrid performance and the Cowboys are either very very good in these games and they blow people out or they're terrible in these games there's no in between with them they either give you the A game or they give you the D game i mean they don't have they don't have a B game or a C game Prescott was awful they had no running game i mean Dallas was, I mean, they were just terrible. They didn't even have 200 yards offense today. So, I mean, they're very hard to figure. And the Bucs are not very good, but the Bucs can beat them. The one question there is, here's that game in a nutshell. Can they put intense pressure on Brady? If they do, they win the game going away. If they don't, he will beat them. That's it. You're not going to run the ball great against Tampa. Their personnel will stop the running game. Even with Pollard's explosiveness, forget Elliott. Even with Pollard's explosiveness, Dallas is going to have to pass the ball to move the ball. They can. They have the weapons to do it, but they're going to have to throw the ball. You cannot beat Tampa on the ground. But where Tampa is enormously vulnerable this year is they do not, A, have a running game of their own, and B, they cannot protect Brady. And that's where Dallas can dominate that game is by putting pressure on Tom. And if they do, they'll win that game going away. If they don't, watch out. And if Tom, if they let Tom hang around until the fourth quarter, and that's a three-point game in the fourth quarter, he'll beat them. You can see it a mile away. He's got the receivers to do it with. If he can get a rhythm on a late drive and he's only a couple of points down, he'll stick it in the end zone and beat you. You know he will. He's done it his whole life. San Francisco is playing tremendous football. They are loaded. If that quarterback doesn't self-destruct, that team is... I think it's Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, one, two, three, Cincinnati, four. I think, I think the Super Bowl champion will probably come from those four teams. I'd be surprised if anybody else 
and I have to include the Eagles in there, I'd be surprised if anybody else wins the Super Bowl. Wins it. Not gets there, wins it. I still think all year that was headed for a Kansas City-Buffalo showdown. I think since he can beat either one of them. And I think that Kansas City uh, has been my pick all year to go to the Super Bowl and win it. I'll stick by that. For a long time now, I've been thinking we're going to get a Kansas City-San Francisco Super Bowl. And I think there's a very good chance that could happen. San Francisco with Kittle healthy. Kittle healthy now if... And they got Garoppolo probably coming back to come off the bench if they need him. But with the trade for McCaffrey, with their lines getting healthy, with Ayuk and Samuel and McCaffrey and Kittles, they are loaded with talent. They are really good. As is the one, two, three at the top. Listen, Jacksonville won the game it had a win last night. It, that's the game that would have been bitterly disappointing. They won that game. If they play a good game and lose to the Chargers, they can live with that. Whichever team wins that game, if it goes on the road the next week and plays a good game against one of the big teams, you know what? They had a good season. They're building. With young quarterbacks, they're building. It'll be their first time they're in that water. If they play a good game, a competitive game, you'll be happy with that. And they'll feel they're building. Both those teams feel they're building something. Baltimore is all beat up. It'll be a miracle if they win a game. And nobody expects Miami to win because nobody expects Tua to play. Buffalo's going to win that game. So let's be honest, okay? Buffalo and San Francisco are going to be overwhelming favorites next week. Cincinnati is going to be pretty heavy favorite, and the other three games are going to be kind of, you know, toss-ups. And I I think it might be a little stretch to call Giants Minnesota sort of a toss-up, but it's not far away from that. It's really not. Giants can win that game. I don't think anybody – now, they have to play a certain way to do it, but the Giants can win that game. Jacks with Chargers can win, and I think everyone feels Dallas, and you have to give Tampa a chance because, obviously, the quarterback brings a lot to the table. So that is what you're looking at right now. Um, it'll be fascinating to see. It would have been. Pete Carroll did a great job. There were some great jobs done in this league this year. There really were. Some coaches did some superb, superb jobs. In the AFC. Obviously. Pearson did a very good job in Jacksonville. They've won five straight. They've won six of seven. He's brought that young team along very, very well. Tomlin did a nice job rallying Pittsburgh. Harbaugh did a nice job getting 10 wins out of that uh, Baltimore team, which was decimated from the start of the season with injuries. 
No one talks about Andy Reid. Why would they? But the bottom line is he won 14 games again this year. I mean, you know, so he just continues to win. In the NFC, Dable, I think, is coach of the year for what he got out of the Giants. It was a remarkable season. He did a tremendous job. Pete Carroll did a wonderful job with Seattle. I thought Seattle would win four or five games this year at best. I never thought Geno Smith would do this. They had rookies playing at both tackle spots. They lost both their running backs. They uncovered Walker. I mean, they did a wonderful job. They really did. You know, they did a very, very good job in Detroit. They did a great job in Seattle. They did a tremendous job with the Giants, with the Eagles. I mean, so there were a lot of coaches that did very, very nice jobs this year. To me, Dable, I thought, was the coach of the year, though. I think getting that giant team and winning those games early in the season and playing the way he did in the fourth quarter, I I think he's coach of the year in what is a very distinguished group this year of guys who did a great job. A lot of jobs done very, very well. There are some good, solid teams in the league right now. Like I said, you know, Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, San Francisco, Philadelphia, very solid teams. You know, we thought Dallas was going to be a solid team. They're too erratic. You just don't know what to expect out of Dallas. I mean, I understand Dallas. On their age game, they can beat anybody. They can make anybody look bad, especially with their defense. But boy, oh boy, there are some days where you just you just scratch your head with how bad they look, where they are just not in the game from the start. Today they were out of the game. You know that? They give up an early, they block a punt. They give up a touchdown pass to Hal on his first throw. They then muff a, a return. Then they give up a pick six, and they're out of the game the rest of the way. I mean, that's a terrible performance to build on to go into the playoffs. That's not how you want to go into Tampa next weekend off that performance. And I do not have a lot of faith in their quarterback or their head coach in a big spot. As a matter of fact, I have a Zippo. Not any. Absolutely any. And a lot of the teams out there, some of them that are, you know, you know that there's some that are going to do a very good job in getting their teams ready. And Vrabel did a very good job last night with, because let's be honest, they were overmatched. Jacksonville, if they had not on first down when they had hit five straight pass plays, if they hadn't tried a, you know, quarterback toss that was going to end up in an end around. If they hadn't tried that play, that wound up being a fumble. They would have scored there. They would have got out early. He would have then hit some big plays, and that game would have been off to the races. He did a great job of getting that quarterback and that team and that offensive line. He had half his team on IR. And they were in that game all the way and might have stolen it if they hadn't had the play late. You know, the interception and then the fumble for a touchdown. They might have been able to steal that game. 
because their defense seemed to be getting stronger and getting their passers stronger as the game went on. He had a great game plan. He and his staff did a great job against a team that was going to be a little tight in their first big game, and they were tight. And let's be honest, the defense won that game. Lawrence got bailed out. He had a rough. He didn't. He made some beautiful throws like he always does, but he made some terrible plays too. He'll be better next week because he'll have a game under his belt. He needed that experience. He was a little tight early, which we expect. I mean, it's his first go-around. But we have some interesting matchups, some competitive games, and then we got a couple teams playing well. You know, Buffalo's going to play well against Miami, which is so limited a quarterback. Looks like Hill has maybe a leg problem. Uh, They're hurting a little bit at running back, and we don't even know if they have a healthy quarterback. And then if Green Bay wins tonight, you want to always think of Rodgers as being a threat. But let's be honest, the Packers would need to pull out a miracle to, to beat that San Francisco team. I don't think either one of those teams are going to go in and beat San Francisco next, next week. San Francisco is right now a juggernaut. They are playing really well. So one more game to be played tonight. Lions can't go to the playoffs. It would have been a great story tonight if the Lions were able to play for a playoff spot. Now they're playing for next year. They're playing to show that they have changed the culture to finish with a winning season. Uh, the whole Half of America was rooting for the Lions. I would have loved to have seen them in that spot. So if they win, now Seattle goes. If they don't, Green Bay goes. And Let's be honest, who would have thought Green Bay even would have been here? And we've all waited for that night where, you know, Rodgers just opens up and just, you know, looks like the old Rodgers. I've given up looking for it. If they're going to win tonight against a Lion team, that if the weather is okay, I didn't look to see what the weather was in Green Bay this evening, but if the weather is reasonable, because let's be honest, the Lions are a team that is very much suited to play in the Dome. Okay? That's, that's, who, that's who they are. They're an explosive team. They have a lot of weapons. They have, you know, a quarterback who is so much better in very good conditions than he is in, uh, you know, in, in any any inclement weather. He is not a good bad weather quarterback. He is not good in the elements. And that is a big issue if they catch that tonight. And uh, I will look in a second to see exactly where they are as far as that. But Goff is not a guy. He does not have big hands. He is not a good bad weather quarterback. He does not handle wind or rain or any cold weather. He's very good indoors. He's very good in, in good conditions. They have a lot of explosiveness. They can run it. They can pass it. They can score. They can do everything offensively. But they can also give up a ton of points. And But you know one thing. They are not. They are not going to quit. That's not who they are this year with this coach. They are not going to quit at all. They're going to play they're going to play their hearts out. They're going to give you everything they have. Uh, and it might not be enough, but I'm sure they'll give you a, 
Let's see what we got here. 21, 21 degrees at game time. Not terrible. Winds eight miles an hour. It feels like 12 degrees. Uh, hey, for Green Bay that time, this time of year, that's not terrible. It's not optimum for him, though. That's a little bit of a negative for him. It's not who he is. It's not, it's not what he's at his best at. So the edge obviously goes, as you would expect, to Rodgers. But Rodgers has not looked like himself at any point. I know he doesn't have the receivers, but he has not looked like himself at any point this season. And I think it's a little late to think it's going to happen now. They're going to need to run the ball and run the ball well, which they might be able to do tonight. You have to favor them, but Lions definitely have a puncher's chance, but too bad they can't put themselves in. Now they're just putting Seattle in, which is a good story in itself. But if the Lions were playing a playoff game, if this was a straight playoff game like last night's game was, that would have been a much better story. It would have made it for you know would have made it far more dramatic. So for the Jets, a terrible finish to this season. Really, a terrible finish to this season. And I know I've seen and heard a lot of people say, "Well, you know, we all overrated the Jets. They're really not very good. Look at the way they finished season." Hey. They finished the season this way because they had no quarterback. You can't win without a quarterback. Look what Philly looked like two weeks ago versus today. Okay, now today they moved the football. They didn't score touchdowns. But the point is when you have your quarterback, it changes everything. When you have a quarterback who can make plays, it changes everything. And that's what the Jets need, and they have to find one. They have to find someone who can lead them and play. Now, he doesn't have to be a superstar, but he's got to be solid. And the Giants, just another step in the right direction today. I mean, they, they got a lot out of their backups. They really did. They, they, pushed, they pushed and annoyed. That's the word I would use. They annoyed the Eagles today. The Eagles wanted this to be a lot more of a magic carpet ride today than it was. It was a pain in the neck. The Eagles were on the bench. They were annoyed late in the game. They didn't like that the Giants made it 22-9. They didn't like that they scored another late touchdown. They didn't like any part of that. They wanted this to be 42-10, to you know, and then they could, you know, head for the, uh, for the bye week. They didn't get that. And a lot of it was because Mondale put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. He knew he was going to stay in the pocket. He knew he wasn't going to try and go outside containment, and that made it easy for him to, to send people at him, and they sent people at him all day. That coach has done a great job this year. The other story, of course, has dealt with what went on in Buffalo, and obviously we all saw number three everywhere. It was handled very nicely, and I think with sincere thoughts across the entire NFL landscape for him. And then, of course, to see the Bills not only open the game with a kickoff return for a touchdown, but then get a second one and get them against a Bill Belichick coach team. I can't even imagine 
knowing how much Bill Belichick puts into special teams and punt and kick coverage, I can't even fathom what's going through his head in a day where in a game that they could go to the postseason, he gives up two, not one, but two. There had only been four kickoff returns for touchdowns in the league this year before today. He gets two in the same game. That is remarkable. That is just utterly remarkable. But I'll tell you something. I don't know if it's just me. I think there's something missing with Buffalo as far as Allen, as far as – I just don't think – you know, I thought they were going to be better than they are right now. That's my point. They're good. They're dangerous. I just don't think they're as overpowering as we thought they were going to be this year. I think they're very beatable. I think Cincinnati can beat them. I think the, absolutely the Chiefs can beat them. I just don't. And, and Allen has had a very odd year. He makes some wondrous plays like the rollout right and the touchdown pass. What a beautiful throw. And then the interception, and you're saying to yourself, huh? That's what you do with some of his interceptions, especially in the red zone. But we know they can make plays. And you know they're going to give anybody a ball game. And I'll tell you, the top, the team that gets out of the AFC is going to earn it. There's not going to be any, you could maybe sneak through and get an easy path in the NFC. You cannot sneak through. It's impossible. With Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Buffalo, it is impossible to sneak through the AFC. You're going to earn every step of the way. we got a busy week coming up. We'll see you in a couple of days. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.